Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedale, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Adriana. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. I can tell just by scroll, doing one good swipe of the Instagram of yours, I could tell you're going to be a perfect fit. <laughs> so listeners, we have, we have Adriana Picker on the show today, and she is a New York-based Australian-born, if you didn't hear the accent yet, um, illustrator and author with a lifelong passion for botanical illustration. Flowers are her thing. Plants are her thing. I love it. So you could tell this in your three published books entitled The Garden of Earthly Delights, Where the Wildflowers Grow, and The Cocktail Garden. And we're going to talk a lot on this uh, episode today about your fourth book, which is coming out next month in April, um, called Petal, which... Like, I just love that word. Like, sometimes when a word is just, like, isolated, it just becomes this, like, you never realized before how, like, good that word is. So It is petal. magical. I love it. And it's the cover is beautiful and that nice gold foil of the word. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. But how did all that sound? That I pretty much got it right. Did I leave anything out? No, that's wonderful. Very, very enthusiastic and beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, I try to tone it down and yet the excitement. No, is, you know. <laughs> no I, I'm so excited to have you. So, yeah, I mean, let's start at the beginning, right? Why not? So what do you remember as your first sign of creativity? How did you evolve from there into the artist you're today doing all this flowery stuff? So I, I come from a very creative family. Um, my my mother in particular is, is a very creative person and my, my aunt, who I'm also very close to, and my grandmother were always making or doing something or, you know, cooking or creating. They're also all very excellent gardeners. Um, so that's definitely where my passion for plants and flowers started from. It was is from the, the women in my family in my life um so yeah I, I i i don't know that i can remember the first thing that i did that was creative because there was always just something in my hand as a child and as a family we were always making something whether it was sewing or you know painting or um just generally coming up with you know really beautiful creative situations in the garden or anything so um it, it just was always very intrinsic within me that I was a creative person. Yeah, I feel I feel almost all the guests we have, they kind of answer in the same way that it was always yeah. present. And then I feel like, like thinking back and reflecting on like my creative, it's like, then there's a time when you go to school and you realize everyone's not like that. Like, I feel that too. Like, I always this had is something true. in my hand. But th then you're like, wait, not everyone always had something in their hand. Yeah. It's like yeah. funny realization when you're like, oh, this is a unique thing that not everybody yeah. does all the time. Some, some children go home and watch TV rather than, you know, cracking out the oil paints or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like I would invite kids. Like my mom used to paint – 
recreationally when I was young, young, like that, mm. that's way in the past. But my, that people would come over and be like, wow, your mom painted that. And I was like, yeah. To see the astonishment of, oh, that's not what everyone's parents did or yeah. not everyone had a garden. Yeah. So interesting. So did you have like a favorite subject in school that was like, you could tell the creativity was there? Oh, it was definitely art for, for yeah. sure. <laughs> and especially, especially in high school, um, when, you know, in Australia, I, I'm not really um, great on how the education system works here, but in Australia for high school, you get to pick subjects at the further on you get, um, in high school, you can whittle down your subjects. So in the last two years right. of high school, I dropped all maths and sciences <laughs> and did just drama, um, you know, English art and modern history. So, and, and really flourished and really enjoyed it. Um, and I think that was this my first sort of glimpse into a world where creativity I could find success in that as well as um you know being told that you had to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever to have a successful um life I mean success means different things to different people of course but I suppose I'm talking more um yeah financially or, or something you know like that, that it was just valued in 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 an external way outside of my family, I suppose. That was like my next question. Like when did you realize that it could be a job, but that it kind of sounds like early on you realized there was it, value it, in it. I, I realized that there was value in it, but I decided that I didn't want to be an artist. Um, so I went and actually I first applied to do a journalism degree outside of, um, outside of high school. And then I went and did a design degree because I didn't want to be a starving artist, <laughs> you know, like that stereotypical <laughs> yeah. starving artist. Um, and it was only after I started doing a little bit of um, work during uni and I was working in film because I wanted to get in, in set and costume design into, in film. Um, and I was getting jobs because I could illustrate rather than my design skills that I realised that I could actually perhaps have a career in this sense. I see. And so like the starving artist fear came up when you said, oh, well, maybe the job direction I can go is just draw all day and people want me for my drawings. But you thought maybe no, because that's usually like who would just want what I draw. So you're like, let me go into design and like I can yes. Yes. Know, work for companies. Right. And then exactly. by doing that, you realize they wanted your art. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and the design skills that I, I gained um, at university have been really helpful in my career as an illustrator and have really set a great framework for how to work for clients and what clients need and want. And especially like, um, you know, if I went and did a fine art degree, I wouldn't have the computers, you know, the Photoshop and everything that is, is just really helpful in this, this type of work that I do, commercial illustration. That's a good point because now in 2020, it kind of all blends together. It does, yeah. Whereas like 30 years ago, the art part minus the computer part could have stood more alone. Exactly, yeah. But you can't, you can't have one without the other now or it would just be a much slower process, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really cool how so many artists, especially working artists today, find themselves in a place that they never would have imagined 
but they take all of the experience that they had and they find themselves exactly where they wanted to wind up. Yeah, yeah. And all the the skills as, um, you know, in, in inverted commas, a traditional artist, all those, those beautiful painting skills and observational skills, that combined with technology today is so interesting and um, just I, I think the options are, are limitless in terms of creativity. It's a really interesting time uh, to be an illustrator and to have access to all this developing technology like you know, I draw on my iPad now. I do final art on my iPad now, which is just wild to me. Like, I can't, I can't imagine having the ability to do that five years ago. Um, and all these incredible, great, you know, like live paintbrushes that are coming out through Adobe Fresco. And, and it's just, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, and you do lots of different types of illustrations. I mean, we're here today to talk about your book. And we're going to talk lots about your book. But you have done botanical and floral illustrations for lots of different things and lots of different places. And your art shows up in so many different ways. And I think that, like, I think this is one thing that people are afraid of, like, when you, like, niche down into something like floral illustration. And it's like, well, I don't want to, you know, just be a floral illustrator. But then if you just go to your website, like, it's like, oh, well, you know, your stuff with Vogue has been on, you know, balloons and street banners and, you know, gigantic murals. And then you've painted giant murals yourself and you've done coloring books. And like, you know, when you niche down into something, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily limiting yourself it just gives you the opportunity to take what you have and broaden it in so many different ways and I I mean that's such a good point that you brought up and it's it's something that I think about constantly is am I doing the right thing by branding myself as a botanical illustrator (laughs) do you know am I really um limiting my commercial like availability to clients but I think the power for me in my career and 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 um as I'm starting to be able to quash that anxiety a bit more I can really see the power behind having something that's niche that you're known for um so for me it's botanical illustration and it's something that you know I'd like to think I do really well um and I'm really passionate about so that, that you can see the passion behind what I do rather than, you know, drawing a whole range of things that potentially, you know, having um, figures and, and the built environment. And I'm not so passionate about those things, so I don't think that would be my best work. Um, so having something that you can be known for and, 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 you know, known as, so for me it's a botanical illustrator, clients have started to come to me for that exact thing. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, your passion definitely shines through it. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can really tell like this is this girl's thing and like we're on board with it like as a, yeah. as a consumer of it. And yeah. and your fear of like different companies not picking up on the appeal or not being afraid the, the appeal isn't there. Like it's only proven to be the opposite. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. But even still, the, you feel the fear of being there even though you, you'll pick up gigs and stuff. 
Oh, of course. I think like any freelancer will tell you, no matter how far along you get in your career, there's always going to be the anxiety there of like, oh, this is the last job I'm ever going to get. Or it's not necessarily that anymore. For me, it's more like maybe I won't get the type of work that I want to be doing anymore or something, you know, it's like it just anxiety is a weird beast, isn't mm-hmm. it? It just morphs yeah. into your like to fit your current situation. <laughs> you're always so gonna, true. You're always going to yes. worry about something, you know. Um, but I think that the botanical illustration niche and it working for me um, is a real testament to our love of plants as well, not just my my passion for them. So like society's love of plants. You sent you sent us the PDF of your book, mm-hmm. and I started flipping through it. And I, we had um, our last was it last season, Amanda? Last season was the season of growth, where we Ooh. talked about growing and plants. And I have a really great garden here in Michigan. And when you meet another plant person, you just <laughs> connect. Yes, there's just something about you know, there's plant people. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, in the paper crafting world, we have paper people. And, you know, if you are a fitness person, there's fitness people. You know, when you just have plant people, there's plant people. Yes. <laughs> just like, you know, you know, when you have your plant babies, you, you know, you bond over being plant moms. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and so your book, I feel like now we're, that we're talking about it, like you talk about being a botanical illustrator and that's your niche like this book is clearly such a labor of love and you talk about the relationships yes. with your mom and your grandma and the gardening and like you can tell with each of the illustrations how much care goes into learning about each flower and like oh, thank you what it looks like and not just like you know oh okay yeah i've seen a tulip and that's what that looks like over there but like <laughs> you know you've seen a tulip like if i were a tulip i would feel seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i totally get that Kristen. Yeah. right right that, that's how it feels right and like each page just feels like i don't know you're doing okay, right so, by the flower right like if you've gone to okay so both of you guys are not that far so you should both go to the philadelphia flower show if you get a chance it's it's on this weekend isn't it, it is it is it this yeah yeah go next year. year and it was magical i went last isn't year it, it was magical it's amazing yeah it's just one of those it, it really like, was. you just get it like those are plant people mm. yeah and, and it was it was actually part of my research for the book <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's like, so like, strange, Chris. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just, you know, you get the flowers. And it's mm. one of those things that it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. It, it, it felt like an encyclopedia, but just more fun. Right. More emotional. <laughs> Oh wow, I love that. That's um that's really nice to hear. Thank you. Because um I it's it's funny to to think that you could draw something, you could draw a flower and have it exude emotion. And flowers are very emotional for me, um, and very personal. Like I attach a personal story to every particular flower, um, whether it's a small one or you know, those bigger ones about my grandmother and my mother um 
they're, they're filled with emotional connection for me and stories and um, it's, it's, I'm, it's, you know how people say that um, scent is one of the biggest, um, you know, makes you recall memories. Recaller, yeah. yeah. Recollection. So I'm such a visual person. For me, I think something visual is, is, is much like more strongly linked to um, memory for me. And so something that I'm so passionate about, like flowers, like, yeah, I can see something and remember you know, who I was with at the time when I saw that flower and, you know, they're just really lovely, um, dense vessels of memory for me. I love that description. So let's, why don't we jump into the book then? Okay. So <laughs> Petal, so in your words, kind of like fourth book, like, mm-hmm. what do you think? <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. so I, the, the, the three books, the three previous books, the first two were, um, coloring in books for adults. So uh, I got approached by a publisher when that whole, um, mm-hmm. uh, what would you call it? It was yeah, craze, color craze, yeah, trend, yeah, exactly. trend, trend yeah. going on. And so they approached me. And we did the first one really quickly um, to sort of jump onto that that trend. Um, and I was just really grateful for the for the opportunity. I was, you know, new to freelancing, and it was just I thought it was, it was wild that somebody wanted to do a, a book with me. Uh, so I did it in I think it was I think I finished all the illustrations in like two months or something. It was wild. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, and then that one uh, sold really well. So we did a second one, um, which was just Australian. Um, native botanical flora and fauna a few birds in there as well and then i did a a a book of cocktail recipes called cocktail garden but this book so petal is the first book that i actually pitched into the publisher in terms of it was my concept um it was my idea for the book so this out of all of the books that i've done is the one that feels the most personal um, and the most indicative of who i am as an illustrator and a person um, and an artist. Uh, so it's it, like, like we've just been describing, you know, so aptly, Kirsten, thank you, that it, it, it is really emotional for me. Um, it's really personal. And, um, and I just, I'm really excited at the opportunity to present to people my passion for flowers, for illustration, and hopefully bring some of the joy of that that I feel to other people. I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> the book is gorgeous. Thank you. It's very, it's very colorful, very pink. I could see it on every single coffee table and like every major magazine, like what they take pictures of, like this fancy apartment and this fancy apartment. It's like, there's your book, pink and popping. Pink, <laughs> I'm on, like, fingers the- crossed. Yeah. yeah. No, I want it on all the therapists' coffee yes. tables. Oh, yes. lovely. Yeah, no, like, it's the book that you, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get to the therapist's office, like, 10 minutes early just so I can be, like, (laughs) this is the thing that I want to, like, you know, do my breathing and flip through a couple of pages. And then you read it for 10 minutes and go, I don't need therapy. Let me go. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't need my session now. (laughs) Yeah. We're good. Let me actually just steal this book. Never mind. (laughs) I love that. And you need to find a whole new therapist (laughs) because you can't ever go back. (laughs) Because you're a thief I like now. That imagine scenario. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, so, so when I came across you and I knew we were going to have this interview, 
and I'm like, oh my God, florals, botanical. Like, I, I love the word botanicals too, because to me, that's a little different than florals. I don't know if that's my own conjured thing, but like botanicals, right? And I feel like that's just a bit classier, a, isn't it? Well, right. Or like <laughs> such like um, a nostalgic kind of rooted in like how they used to make flowers art back then kind of thing. And then when you think yes. that, you go, oh, yes. well, you know, right. And I feel like botanical illustration could be interpreted as being old, like not as modern, right? When we're in this like 2020, mm. like, mm. but you mm. do such a good job, I feel, of like making it modern for sure. Like no one can look at your botanical work and go fuddy-duddy or something like Like it is totally the perfect blend of like what 2020 would need botanical work to be. So I guess my question is like, what would your tips be for modernizing floral patterns? I feel like floral is such a, it's like an uptrend now, but yours does such a good job of merging the two. So I think for me, um, there, there's two important um, sort of design aspects that I take into consideration when I'm making an illustration of a, of a, of a flower or anything botanical. And it's, it's the first is color. So I wanna make sure that the, um, the colors feel really contemporary and bright and fresh and not necessarily true to life. <laughs> so <laughs> there is artistic license taken in this book. Like I, I'm sure, you know, you know, people are very passionate about plants and how they're presented. So I'm sure people are gonna right. come at me with a little bit of this isn't, you know. <laughs> Actually but in correct. a world where everything's filtered, it kind of makes yeah. sense to the newer generation, yeah. you know, to filter so, it with the most, yeah. Um, so I've tried to really make the colors really bright and vibrant and, and um, use a lot of pink. So there's not a single white page in the book. Every, every page is, is a different color. So it's either pinks or lilacs or light blue. And I think that really helps um, make it fresh and vibrant and contemporary. And then the other thing that um, I really consider in when, when I'm making an illustration to make it seem contemporary is composition. So I do a lot of work sort of full bleed. Um, and more so in, in my work as a commercial illustrator in general, a lot of my work is full bleed. So it bleeds off the page. It's very lush um, and, and full compositionally. Um, so when I think of a traditional, you know, older style botanical illustration, it's, it's something that sits right in the middle of the page and it's a specimen illustration. So it might have, um, you know, bits of a seed or, or something else there. But for me, I, I, I thought to contemporize the composition, um, you know, they're big, um, full compositions. They take up a, a lot of room on the page. Um, and if, you know, if it's a single motif sitting sitting in the middle of the page, um, colour will be important. But it's also, I do have some of those compositions throughout the book just to give the eye a rest. So you're not looking, so you're not overwhelmed by just like page after page after page after page of a full bleed composition. I love that answer. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I loved hearing it from you because I could pick up on it, but like I love when I hear artists explain, like, yeah, yeah, it's, just, it's so sometimes funny. it's very hard to explain as an artist, I, I find, and I don't know about, and I'm, I'm sure it's true of other artists, but what your work becomes so subconscious that it's really hard to articulate your process yeah, sometimes. Sure. sure, you just have a feeling that you know is working, so yes, yes, 
this, this yeah. is working. Let's mm. just keep doing it. I think I'm also going to chime in here and say, especially since you also talked about how old school flower drawings are very like specimen like. Yes. I think that like flipping through your book, it feels like your flowers have so much more movement. Oh, and I feel I like love that's that. one of the yeah, that's one of the best things about being in the garden. Yes. That's one of the best things about flowers. And like that's one of the most like feminine things about flowers. And How... I feel like a lot of the, the old school drawings are done by men. And like I love that your book was, you know, your book is feminine. It's overtly feminine. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about it too. Oh, well, that's, that's lovely. To, it, again, that was one of my uh, anxieties about the project was, uh, am I putting too much pink in? Am, you know, am I overdoing this? But I love it. I, yeah, I just wanted it to be overtly colorful and joyous and beautiful. And pink for me is joyous. So. Same. Mm. Yeah. And you have I love the movement in the your question. flowers. Oh, thank it, you. It feels like you're in the garden with them instead of just, you know, oh, somebody plucked this flower and now we're studying it. And, and stuck it between two pages, you know? Right, exactly. Mm. Instead, we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, out in the garden looking at these flowers it, you know feeling the texture experiencing them yeah yeah, yeah. exactly exactly totally mm. and that's a completely different experience than well you know this is a rose and this is what a rose looks like and that's you know that's not yeah it and 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 like you said maybe that's somewhat due to the composition as well rather than yeah like having something that's that's just isolated on a page it's like there are you're it's like when you're flipping through the book you're sort of wandering through a garden and peering at plants mm -hmm. from different viewpoints so some of Absolutely. them are up close and some of them are through the you know through other leaves or something but yeah I I I love that you get that sense from that that's that's really it's really joyous I do and I love that you have different color backgrounds because you know when you're looking at flowers sometimes you're looking at them and the sky is purple and sometimes mm. the sky is pink and sometimes the sky is blue. And, you know, it's not just a blank white background because the world isn't sterile. Yes. And, and you know, the beauty of a garden is how you, it's designed and how other colours relate to each other. And you're seeing you know, a beautiful, gorgeous red poppy in context with I don't know, say a marigold and, and that combination of colors is, is a, is a gorgeous thing. Exactly, so why shouldn't you exactly. say that on a page here? Totally. Mm. I totally agree. And I, I love that this book is a garden of itself. All right. And, and, and that's funny. Cause you, we take the, you know, the, the title of the book petal petal and yeah. you, you know, you can take each of these illustrations down to the single petal, but mm. you put them all together and that you have this gorgeous book that is a complete collection. A garden of sorts, I, yeah. I love that you wrapped around to the title because I wanted to ask, I mentioned it a little in the beginning, but I wanted to hear from you, like, why petal? So I thought the word petal, um, one of the things that I always try to do with my illustrations or the most important um, things that I do in my illustration uh, is, is about texture. So it's like, the, I think one of the most important things about illustration and making art in general is observation. Um, 
So that for me is 50% of the process. It's learning how to observe um, detail, especially, you know, in, in plants, there's such detailed things. So learning how to observe detail and um, sort of assessing also what's important to leave out. But um, I think, so petal is about the minute observation of these these beautiful flowers. But also I wanted the term petal to just really indicate that this book was not about botany in general. It was, it was um, a celebration of flowers because botany is, is, and the world of plants and gardens is so huge, but I wanted this book to strictly be about flowers and about how joyous and beautiful and wonderful they are. I love that. And I love that compared to your other three books, it's such a short title. Yeah. You know, and it's like, <laughs> I love that, that you're like, oh, I wrote this book, this book, this book, pedal. Yeah. It's like a pa I love that. So good. So good. Um, so now this was a question I, that Liz been living in my brain for since 10 minutes ago when we were talking about something, but we've had um, artists come on the show and say, I can't, a little social media switch question, but I, mm -hmm. I don't follow artists or people that do the same thing I do. So I wonder, do you follow botanical illustrators or are you t like the, you know, the influence? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I certainly do. Um, but I mean, I don't, I, I don't like off the top of my head, I couldn't think of too many that I actually follow. I think there, I think there are a lot of illustrators that take inspiration from nature because it's, it's, you know, it's such a beautiful muse, obviously. Um, but I think there are only a few illustrators that are working in a contemporary sense that I know that specialize in botanical illustration. Um, and, and yeah, I really love following them and seeing um, their different work and how it evolves. And, uh, but it's also really important for me to just to, to, to be conscious of consuming that. And um, so I, I, I try um, and follow a lot of, Gardening. <laughs> oh, gardeners, nice. Gardeners on Instagram and like the like you said, those plant people who are so passionate. Um, they might not be the best at taking photographs, but they've got some very special plants on there, you know. So what were the mediums that you used for illustrating the book? It's all digital. Cool. Yeah. So what programs did you use? So I used um, my iPad. I used Procreate, the program, which is the drawing on the iPad. And um, then I would do the compositions in Photoshop. Very cool. Yeah. So like you could literally, and you know what's funny is that we had somebody on the other day, the other week, right? The other day. <laughs> you know, I love calendars and technology. We had someone on the other week and I was like, so how do you become a YouTube star? And they were like, just use your iPhone. Yeah. It's, it's so funny that like we have all of these tools at our disposal and it's so good to be able to get good with specialized tools. But also like when we're good with the specialized tools, sometimes the best tools are the basic tools. The basic tools. And sort of what, like what we were talking about before is like when you have those illustration skills and, you know, I was drawing from, you know, I was a very young child. So I've been developing my, my you know, hand-eye coordination and, and line work and all of those really important things that I think um, 
I don't know that I'd recommend trying to teach somebody to draw on an iPad, <laughs> you know? Uh, so once you have all those sort of set skills, you can bring them in. Like there's something really beautiful and nuanced about using a paintbrush, like an actual paintbrush. And if you don't know, um, if you don't have that skill set behind you, I think, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I think obviously you'd have a very different illustration style, but I just think you'd be missing out on a lot of um, sort of core base skill set for, for illustration. Yes. I cannot use certain hand lettering brushes at all digitally because I cannot use certain hand lettering brushes. <laughs> but like, my pens and my pencils that I use for pens and pencils, those look amazing digitally. Yeah. It's like, who knew? <laughs> the things that you can do analog translate to the things that you can do digitally. Because it's, it's, it's like it's hand movement. It becomes like a rote skill. You just, you don't think about it too much. So even though Petal was created digitally, basically, like I did scroll through your um, Instagram feed and saw this sketchbook. Like, do you carry always a sketchbook, like a, a manual sketchbook or do you keep I, one? I routinely? don't. I don't at the moment. I, um, it's a habit oh. that I'd really like to get back into. I think I've just, um, I've gotten into this habit of this is my workflow. This works best for me. It's most efficient and quickest. Um, so I, I at them and and that was due to the process of illustrating pedal was was so intense. Um, I did the majority of the illustrations over a four month period. Um, so there is no room for experimentation or like you know in in that time. So. I, I think, um, unfortunately, I've stopped experimenting in terms of like um, new mediums, and I, I need to to get back into that process because you know hand sketching is so lovely. It's a really and different so, way of using your brain, I think. But you've had so much background in the basics that it's kind of easy to just keep the flow going on the exactly. iPad. Exactly, digitally, yeah, and, and it's, so it's convenient. <laughs> Well, right, right. And so like my next question is how much of, or maybe you're just so good, like I can't wait to hear your answer, but how much did you throw out of the process of making the book? Like if you did it on the iPad, did it basically go in the book or was there sketches and drafts that then you, you threw out the old version of things? Um, there was hardly any sketches or drafts. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I did, I, I did it in a... So the process of research was probably the hardest part of this book for mm -hmm. me because the, the, the world of plants is so vast and varied and I love it so much, like trying to condense it down to, so it's 27 chapters um, broken up by plant family and I had about maximum 10 plants that I could put in each plant family. You know, some only have four. So for me to try and condense that down to only four plants was excruciatingly hard it was horrible it was like trying to like i don't know pick between pick your favorite kid pick your favorite kid i don't have kids but like yeah you know? um so that was really difficult so i think once i picked the plans i did the outlines um the compositional outlines like actual the final outlines and sent those all into my publishers so they could continue working. So they had 
the composition. And then I went back through chapter by chapter and finished the detail and the line work, which took the most time, um, obviously. But no, I don't, I don't really think that also, um, I think I've got into a good habit of, I, I, I don't, um, second guess myself. I always thought that my best creative, my first creative idea is the best one. And I think it generally is for everyone. And so mm. when you're working on this really sort of tight time frame, you don't have um, a, a lot of <laughs> time to dilly dally and like question yourself. So it's like done, this illustration is done. Like, like we're moving on next one. <laughs> um, yeah. And if it wasn't working in compositionally or whatever, I'd play around with it in Photoshop or color wise or something. So there's always something there to work with, but I didn't have time to throw sketches out for sure. Interesting. Mm. Thanks for so sharing So you made your that. list of plants first? Yes. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. it, it did, it did change as I, as I started drawing because I realized that I had picked every single plant that I picked was pink <laughs> <laughs> and, and quite like, um, quite like fluffy like like my peonies were all looking like my poppies do you know what I mean so I had to <laughs> totally. I had to move things around so we had some visual variation <laughs> um, I love this whole process fluffy, so wonderful yeah mm -hmm. fluffy pink flowers are your favorite uh, uh, they are my favorite <laughs> this is right I was like yeah. you have to you have to give the people a little bit of something different <laughs> 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 It was already. I love that break. It was already quite. It, it was selfish, isn't the right word. It was already feeling like quite a um, not egocentric. I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, but you know, it was already self indulgent. Self indulgent. There you go. <laughs> yes. I understand that completely. So <laughs> I feel that. I feel. I know when I'm doing things that are self indulgent, and sometimes it's sometimes okay. I, I mean, like I didn't. I. I every. I. I had small fights with my publisher because I wanted every page to be pink and they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's so wonderful though. I absolutely love it. This has been. Thank you. Oh my God. It's just, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Okay. So you are going to be our last guest for the season of reflection. Oh, that's exciting. So I, I, I have been a good one. It has been a good one. We've gotten yeah. some really good answers on our reflection questions. So I'm excited to hear how you're going to answer our next question, which is, mm -hmm. has there been a time in your life, could be current, could be past, could be when you were a kid, that reflection has come up either in your personal life or in your work life? How do you see reflection as a tool, whether creatively, whether personally, what has come up for you? when we talk about reflection? I think I want to answer this question in the context of making this book. I would love to hear that. And so it was, it was a really interesting process for me because this was my dream project. You know, this was a project that I pitched into my publisher that I, I, I wasn't sure was going to get off the ground and I was just surprised and thrilled that it even happened. And then it became a very hard process for me in the sense that I was working 16 to 18 hours a day drawing. I got um, carpal tunnel in my hand, like my hand. <laughs> like, do, do you know, it was this dream project that was killing me slightly. Um, and it was, it was, it was definitely... 
you know, a very ambitious project for me in the, in the amount of illustrations. And I just didn't give myself enough time to do it. So in the end, I completely thrashed myself time-wise and my whole entire life just became about work. Um, and I was burnt out by the end of it. Big surprise, huge surprise. <laughs> um, and I wasn't looking after myself. So, um, the, yes, there are seasons of creativity. So there are periods where you're much more creative, um, than other periods that, you know, there's a spring and a summer and a winter. And I just have had to, you know, after I finished the project and I completely crashed and all I could do was, you know, small tasks like picking up my dry cleaning and you know, like <laughs> cooking dinner yep, for myself yep. and doing my washing and, and I couldn't just couldn't, you know, process anything. I had to reflect on the whole process and how to do it better in the future and why self-care um, was really crucial to the creative process. And how having like downtime, you know, if I'm going to go do these really big intense projects, I have to have downtime afterwards to recover. And that is part of the creative process. And it's just as important as um, the fallow, you know, spring of creativity and the work time. Yes, 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 yes. So we were telling you before how we had this season of growth last year. Mm. And one of the big things that we were talking about is how the part of the time when you're not doing anything, that's still growing. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't, as a society, value that, period. Or as people. It's, it's, I learned this while I was growing garlic two winters ago. I put garlic in the ground and you put it in the ground in November. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, oh, okay. And then in just April, it's like, oh, wow, like, <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> and then the whole time, you know, you don't realize it's, you know, in there mm. growing mm. and, you know, you don't see it happening and you don't realize it's happening. And, you know, it might not look like it, anything is happening, but that rest time, that, that, you know, time after this intense well, the gar with the garlic, it's not that intense. <laughs> we yeah, call it the dormancy period. <laughs> right. We called it the dormancy yeah. period. But it's right. You're right. It's so important to have that mm. rest period yeah. after this intense doing. Yeah. And then also the other thing that I think we don't talk about enough is that when you make those major accomplishments, when you do those major things that you set out to do, and then they're done. There's not this like overwhelming thing of like, oh my god, I did it! It's amazing! Oh my no. god, yay! No, I wasn't. There was there was no joy left in me. I didn't want to go <laughs> celebrate. I didn't want to have a glass of champagne. I wanted to crawl under the covers and hide there for like a month because I was I exhausted. love that. <laughs> right, you know? and it's it's even I, when the day that I got my advance copy. I was expecting the joy then. I was expecting to have the copy in my hands and be like, this is, you know, this is the moment where I'll feel the joy. And it was actually kind of triggering for me. <laughs> like it was, it was like. <laughs> like you almost killed me. It, yeah, it was like the physical manifestation of this hard time for me, <laughs> which is a really difficult yeah. thing to talk about something that I'm so proud of 
and and so in love with it just took me a little bit of time getting used to like moving through all that emotion that was associated yeah with the absolutely book. Mm. and when you do things for you know 14 16 hours a day when you are putting in all that physical labor when you're putting in all that emotional labor you don't have the time and your body doesn't have the energy to process all the stuff that you're going through yeah so then that's all pushed to when you are you know after you've rested yeah because your body's exhausted and it's like okay well now i need like just two weeks to sleep mm. and then you get the chance of like oh okay now i have to deal with the feelings yeah. of all of it. the emotion yeah and the repercussions of those that i've just shoved down somewhere in my body and they've risen right. exactly. when i when i'm holding this physical object and it, it, you know, I went to my friend Emma's office to do this like unveiling video, you know, to put on Instagram and be like, oh, this is my new book and isn't it fabulous and aren't I fabulous? And I just started swearing and I couldn't stop swearing. And I was like, well, this isn't happening today, is it? You know? I completely get that. I, I totally that. understand. And it's like, you know, this is awesome. This is a great thing. And you can tell that you are insanely passionate about this and you are so proud of this thing that you've done. But also when you are insanely passionate about something and you are insanely proud of something that you've done, clearly you have put a ton of work into it. Yeah. Right. And it is something that you've done. Like, it's not just this book. It's like your whole life. It's my whole life. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, all my hopes, dreams, and hopes rolled into one object, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Mm. And now you're here talking to strangers on podcasts about this book. Isn't this it is funny? I think this... I think, so we've, we've gone from you wanting the, um, the, the cover to be, sorry, the book to be at your therapist's office to actually having a full-on therapy session. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean. To, for me, this is what this podcast is about. Like, I love having amazing artistic crafty women on here telling us the real shit mm. like i love to celebrate your book and we're gonna yeah we're gonna buy it and it's gonna be great but like i love that you shared that with us because now we feel more capable of doing hard things because we yeah are. and and that's and i and i yes i want to hear about everybody's stories of successes and how they they got to those places but i find it really inspiring to hear about um the hard times that people have creatively and um, like that's real juicy, meaty stuff that we as people can connect to, I think. And, um, and then you don't, you don't feel so like, you know, alone when you're going through that process because this, this is like being a creative person or being a freelancer, you're mostly working alone all the time and it's hard to put that into perspective. I love that you shared that. Thanks so much. Pleasure. <sighs> All right, so we are going to conclude this episode with our currently round, which we take from Kristen's currently card that our listeners can get at areyoukristen.com slash currently. And we're just going to read it off on the podcast. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So, Adriana, what are you currently watching? I just watched for the first time Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Sydney Portier. Cute. It's such a good it's movie. classic <laughs> and incredible. <laughs> Is that with Chris Rock? No. No. It's like oh. from 1969, oh. 1967. Yeah. Never mind. I'm going to go check that out and not be so culturally, culturally naive. Okay. What are you currently reading? 
I'm reading On Earth We Are Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vong. Ooh. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Like, masterful. I shall link to all this and where everyone can find you. And they can oh, cool. And also read. Um, what are you currently listening to? Um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, pianists called, I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, so please excuse me, Jock Beving. Hmm. You might have to spell that for me so I can I, I link will. it. <laughs> so I'm going to hear back. You need to send me his link. I will. Her I will. link? His link. His. His. Yeah. His. What are you currently making? I'm making myself a quilt. So I got some fabric um, of an illustration of mine printed and I just go home every night and do a little bit of stitching. It's very relaxing. That is so cool. Nice. Mm. We talk a lot about having hobbies that are different than like your like so it's so important. This this one came out of the book, and I was like, I need some a little bit of like creativity that's also a bit mindless. That's making yeah. something for me, so it's not a commercial output. I love that. I hope you share it on Instagram when you're done. I will. <laughs> yeah, might take you me a while. Um, what do you? Yeah, no. Take your time. Uh, what are you currently feeling? A little bit homesick today. For Australia. Yeah. Like to see my mum. Hmm. What are you currently planning? Um, I'm booking in some like hikes to do when it gets a little bit warmer. I, I, I you know, lived here for three years, but I haven't done a huge amount of traveling through the US. So I'd like to see some more of the country and you know, more of your beautiful national parks in summer and spring. Nice. Mm. We have a lot of those. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, what are you currently loving? On my walk here, I saw the most beautiful dark purple crocus. The first one of the spring for me. So exciting. Yeah. When you find a plant that you like love, do you feel like you want to go visit it in the next few weeks? Like, will you pass by it again and go? Hey, Crocus, like, I, do you do that or no? I do that all the time. So, <laughs> my like, especially in spring, like, my walk to work, I work, I, I live in Cobble Hill and I work in Dumbo and my walk to work gets really secure. Like, I just have this really meandering track to visit all my favourite plants and I have a, a bit of a, like, a visual map in my head of where all my favourite plants are in New York. Yeah. Where all your friends live. Or all my friends live. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I've only lived here for three years now, but like I just saw some um, really early little iris um, for the first time this year. And I've seen them for the last two years. And I was like, yeah, like you said, I was like, hey, friend. Like, that's nice yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. I love it. Yeah. That's so fun. Just wraps the full picture of you <laughs> to a nice little close. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. This um, is so much fun. Yes. Another good plant place too. to go that it's like, I guess it's probably about two hours south of you guys is Longwood Gardens. It's in Longwood, Delaware. I haven't heard of that. Oh. Uh, yes. It's the DuPont Gardens from like, I guess the DuPont family owned them since like 18 something something. Uh, when I lived in North Jersey, it was literally my favorite place to go to. I've been there like two dozen times. They have the most incredible water lily garden. Um, just incredible, incredible. And they also have 
it's just it's it's amazing. It's one of the best botanical gardens that I've ever been to. I am and it's so excited to scrolling. visit that very soon. It's it's <laughs> it's fantastic. Um they're wonderful and they do the best like fountains and fireworks and it's just fantastic but their gardens are amazing so yeah that's one of my mm. favorite places like on the planet so yeah i love it this has been fantastic i this is fantastic we're gonna go to after chatter and chat about something else fantastically plant related probably garden stuff because i don't think we I got to talk that. enough about gardening <laughs> um so i love i love all things garden i'm gonna start gardening very soon for this spring season. Very exciting. Um, and Thank we are going yeah, to head over to After Chatter. Yes, I know. I'm so excited. Um, I have to use up the garlic that I grew. Yes, grew. That's what we call it. The garlic <laughs> that I grew this year. But I'm so excited. We're going to head over to After Chatter. Sure. If you guys want to support the show and give us $5 a month and you can access... I just realized that we have been promoting after chatter entirely wrong not only is it a video show but it is a bonus podcast there are over a hundred episodes of our bonus podcast with amazing people amazing guests amanda and i bonus shows so if you have not been subscribing to our patreon because you think you're not going to watch the video shows that's okay because there are also extra audio episodes every single episode of after chatter is also an audio podcast that you can insert right into your rss feed and listen right in your podcast app. So we will be back next week with another amazing episode. The start of season six. We are on going to be on season six of Crafty S Female. Oh, no. So excited. So thank you so much for spending five wonderful seasons with us here at Crafty S Female. We love you so much. Thank you to Adriana. Adriana, where can we pre-order your book? So um, pre-order on Amazon at the moment. Um, so it's, it's Petal. You can find it Petal by Adriana Picker. Um, and I just have a quick search on Amazon. Fabulous. to it all. Yeah. Thank Amanda, you. Amanda, we'll put it in the links. Petal on Amazon. Super easy. And we will be back next week with another amazing episode, guys. Season six is happening. We love you. Have an amazing week. And keep being crafty-ass females. Bye, guys.